Welcome to this week's End of Days update coming to you from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, if you're anywhere in the Minnesota area this weekend, we'll be in Mendota Heights, Minnesota at Foundations Christian Fellowship Friday, Saturday, Sunday a.m. And then Sunday night, Monday night, we'll be in Rochester, Minnesota at Mercy Hill Church. Come. We'll have a great time. There's something about gathering. The Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some would do, especially as you see the day approaching. So wow, we're certainly seeing the day approaching. And that's what the end of day's update's all about, is looking at what's coming to pass around the Middle East that points to the coming of the Lord. We say it every week, uh, the rapture is signless, but the second coming has tons of signs. And you really see specific nations getting in alignment and getting in position for the Ezekiel 38 war. Now that happens right after the rapture. And probably the last five to six weeks have been the most blatant activity of nations that are going to come against Israel just after the rapture. So we've got to remember when the rapture takes place, it reverts back to seven years of old covenant time, and God will intervene and protect Israel. And this dispensation is up to the church. So that's why the church has taken off the earth because the church has so much authority. Uh, you you got to look at how segmented the gospels are when it comes from the gospel than in the epistles. The rapture is not talked about in the gospels because Jesus is fulfilling the law. The rapture is the mystery that comes into play during the epistles. Man, it's good to be in the church age. It's good to be born again. We have wonderful things ahead. Very scary time for the world, very exciting time for the church. So let's look at what's happened around Israel. Some pretty interesting things happened in the last few days. It gets this way every single week. But uh, Sunday, there was a massive explosion at uh, Natanz nuclear plant in Iran. First, it, it came out to be it was just an explosion that blew out their power grid for that nuclear power plant. Really, it's not a power plant. It's a place for enriching uranium to build nuclear bombs. Well, they said first it was a, a cyber attack. Now we find out yesterday it wasn't a cyber attack. It was a bomb that was planted by Israel there and it was detonated remotely. So it wiped out a thousand centrifuges and it wiped out the power for that uh, nuclear plant. Well, wh why is that a big deal? Because Iran went from enriching at 5%, then up to enriching up to 20%. Anything beyond 20% is not for civilian use, it's for military use only. So that's why Iran came out yesterday saying we're going to 60%. So you know what Israel's had to say over the years, they will not allow Iran to get a nuclear weapon, especially when Iran publicly says we're going to annihilate Israel. <laughs> Any other nation that had someone saying that threatening them like that would be, would be doing the exact same thing as Israel. And Israel has done it as best they can without hurting anybody. Pretty amazing that they can get into that plant and set that off. So that happened. And uh, there there's some more things to that that are going to be coming out. And what's crazy is you had a Iran fire an Israeli-owned ship off of United Arab Emirates. Now, what's amazing is that's happened about five or six times uh, going back and forth with, with not military vessels, but just basically civilian vessels. Uh, missiles keep going back and forth between Iran and Israel. So a lot's happening there that's pointing to what's going to happen eventually. I'm going to give you a little guesswork. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah 17, 1, that Damascus will be removed from being a city. I think Iran's going to try to smuggle a bomb down into Iran, into Syria is going to end up stopping in Damascus, and somehow it's going to go off accidentally, and it's going to wipe Damascus off the planet. But uh, interesting times when you see nations doing things that the Bible said that you'd see just before the coming of the Lord. Along with that, remember you have Russia in the last two weeks building up a mass amount of troops on the Ukrainian border to where the president of Ukraine said, well, we're, we're basically formalizing a declaration of war because you've got tanks, you've got missiles, you've got soldiers on the edge there. 
America responded finally. Uh, the, the UK and the EU said, you know, we'll come to your support. America basically responded by talking about um, President Biden meeting with President Putin. Uh, the Russians said, uh, don't, don't come anywhere near Crimea, talking about America, because America sent uh, ships up into the Black Sea as a show of protection for the Ukraine. So it's an interesting, volatile thing when you got Russia in the Ukraine, you got Russia and Crimea working their way down toward Israel, exactly like the Ezekiel 38 war says they'll do. So when you're seeing the players come into play like that, it's alarming uh, because Jesus is just about to come. Super exciting, though. Also, you had another event happening in Syria in Palmyra, you had the Russians rebuilding that triumphant arch that uh, is supposedly has to be rebuilt just before the Messiah comes. Uh, it's a, literally a gateway to Baal worship that was there thousands of years ago. And in the Talmud, it's uh, predicted that that would be rebuilt just before the Messiah comes. So, wow, you got things coming to pass every single week that the Bible talks about you'd see just before uh, the coming of the Lord. You have China going about some interesting stuff again about the South China Sea. You have U.S. troops there, U.S. vessels that have been on their way there to show support for Taiwan, show support for the Philippines, and show support for Japan. So it's interesting, it, just recently them uh, basically ratcheting up their rhetoric. So a lot's happening around the Middle East, around uh, the eastern area. So uh, we're getting close to the coming of the Lord. I don't even have time to get into all the weather stuff that's going on weird all over the world. Every single week something crazy happens. Then you had an asteroid a couple of weeks ago come so close to the earth that they, they actually did see this one before it did. But there's such an uptick in asteroids as well. So many, many things are coming to pass that the Bible said you'd see here just before the coming of the Lord. We talked about that coup that almost happened in Jordan. We talked about Turkey this week basically renewed their ties with Libya because the Bible talks about Turkey and Libya be part of that group that comes against Israel in the Ezekiel 38 war. So, man, we're so blessed to visibly be able to see these things because it tells us uh, our redemption is drawing nigh. In fact, Jesus said, lift up your heads when you see these things so that we're not downtrodden. The whole purpose of all this information is because He loves us so much. He wants you blessed. He wants you happy. He wants you hopeful. He wants you strengthened. He wants you to accelerate. Remember, all this stuff about the coming of the Lord is not so that we slow down or escape. It's so that we accelerate when we see the finish line. So this is all not an escape theology. It's a hustle theology to get the gospel out more just before Jesus comes back to the planet. So we always always go to the Word, though. The Word's so full of so much information about the coming of the Lord. For every one verse there is about the first coming, eight times more about the second coming. Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, the coming of the Lord 52 times. So he's coming back. So let's look at the signs, though. We have absolute, flawless, radical, in-our-face signs. Number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, Jerusalem being won back. Jesus said the generation that sees those two will not pass away till all is fulfilled. But then you got the Hebrew language restored. You got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. You got the fertility of the land of Israel. You got the revival of the Roman Empire. You have the Temple Mount Institute that is ready to start having sacrifices. Uh, it's amazing. All these things are in position for, for what's going to happen just after we leave. It's cool to have sign after sign after sign. I really like the ones that have happened recently. We had fish show up in the Dead Sea. I know, England, I know you like that. The fish showed up in the Dead Sea. You had the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water. You had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. Uh, the Sea of Galilee filled up with water. So you have all these things. And another one is predatory birds. you got nature getting in position. Along with foxes and fish, you got... 
you got predatory birds, largest gathering of predatory birds ever in history, 172 different species. Why? Just after the rapture, God calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up after the Ezekiel 38 war. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, He calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up again. So you got nature in position. you got signals. I mean, you have so many signs of the coming of the Lord, but you're gone from signs to signals. You had blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacles a few years ago. Four in a row. When's, when's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? NASA calls it a tetrad. 1967 when Jerusalem was won back, 1948 when Israel was made a nation, 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. So uh, pretty radical to have the moon turn blood red on specific days that remarkable things happened with the nation of Israel. So then after that, you had the Bethlehem Star. That's pretty huge. At the birth of Jesus, you had uh, Jupiter, Regulus, Venus come together. And the, the constellation was Virgo. This last year, NBC Nightly News said we have a celestial event. you got Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus coming together. Wow, first time in 2,000 years the constellation was Leo because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Many more things happen with signals, but it's so complex to get into in such a short period of time. We don't get into it, but, but all the more you have signs, you have signals, and we have an unction on the inside of our hearts knowing Jesus is about to come back. So what do we do? Help our local church, help our local pastor, be more engaged. When you're getting ready to get married, when you're engaged, you talk more, not less. Your relationship with Jesus gets so white hot, you should be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, because this is it. It's an acceleration time to get to know the King even greater. The songs we sing about Jesus, we're so amazed that He died for us. We honor Him, magnify Him, but all of a sudden, we're going to see Him face to face. We'll be right there. It'll be a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Crystal is the only element that you cannot hide a flaw. We'll be flawless before the throne of God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. So, so soon we see Him. Amazing to have all these things set up on the planet to get ready for the entrance of God Himself. Jesus of Nazareth. Wow. Man, we're going to go from faith to sight. How exciting. Have a blessed, wonderful week. We'll come back next week and see what's happened around with Russia, with Israel, with uh, in Syria, with Palmyra, and all these things that are happening that point to His uh, radical second coming of Jesus. Have a good week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for joining us today at the End of Days Update. If you'd like to be notified every time there's a new post, just go to the edu at josephmorris.com and subscribe to receive email alerts. If these posts and updates have been a blessing to you, please consider making a one-time donation to help get the message out or even becoming a monthly partner with Joseph Morris Ministries. Thanks again for tuning in to the EDU, and we'll see you next week.